Hello and welcome back to Future of Film podcast. My name is Alex Stoltz. I'm founder of Future of Film, host of this show. And as regular listeners know, this is where we share insights and strategies from the pioneers, trailblazers and disruptors who are shaping the future of film, the future of entertainment, of media, and who knows, the metaverse. Because today I am delighted to welcome to the show Joanna Popper. Joanna is the Chief Metaverse Officer at Creative Artists Agency, CAA, based, of course, in LA, where she leads metaverse initiatives for the agency and its star-studded roster of clients. Joanna joined CAA in 2022 from HP, where she was leading the the launch of award-winning technology such as EHP, Reverb, G2 VR, and uh, leading all of the XR initiatives at HP. Previously, she was Executive Vice President of Media and Marketing at Singularity University, the NASA-based Google-backed organization founded by Ray Kurzweil and Peter Diamandis, training leaders on the future of technology. She was also the Vice President of Marketing at NBC Universal and appears on a great many lists uh, which reflect her achievements and her uh, and how well she's regarded in media technology, including 50 women uh, can change the world in media entertainment, 25 pioneers in the metaverse, top 50 original thinkers in VR, top women in media, the list or the lists of lists goes on. Um, it's incredibly impressive. And of course, given Joanna's job title, Chief Metaverse Officer, today's show focuses well, on the metaverse, the now and future of this space. What is Joanna's vision for this? What, what, what can it become? What are the blockers or barriers preventing it doing so? How do we respond to issues such as inclusivity and accessibility in the metaverse? And how is she thinking about this in regards to her clients taking um, ownership, if you like, of this space? And of course, you know, how can we as storytellers and creators deploy that ourselves? I'm delighted to say that Joanna is joined today in conversation with the equally brilliant Elle Ossilywood. Elle is an award-winning television presenter specialising in arts and entertainment. You may well recognise her or recognise her voice from the BBC and as a host of BAFTA. She is incredibly well revered, particularly in the games industry, where she was named as one of the most influential women in gaming by gamesindustry.biz. Her previous interviews include figures like Elizabeth Moss, Nile Rogers, Michael Rosen, and Hideo Kojima, maybe on the Future of Film podcast one day. And so we were thrilled and honoured that Elle agreed to host this session, which was recorded at the end of 2022 for Future of Film Summit. So I really hope you enjoy this conversation between Elle Sillywood and Joanna Popper on the now and future of the metaverse. Hello and welcome to this keynote session at the Future of Film Summit. I'm Ella Woods, a television presenter and broadcaster. You may have heard me on Radio 4 where I present Front Row. You may have seen me host the BAFTA Video Game Awards. And I also host a range of arts and entertainment programming across the BBC, Netflix and Channel 4. But of course, I am not 
the star of the show. Today, we are here to talk to an incredibly interesting speaker, none other than Joanna Popper, who is the Chief Metaverse Officer at the Creative Artists Agency. So Joanna, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for being here and hosting. Excited to talk to you. I, I have to say, I am so excited to talk to you. As soon as they sent over your bio, I my list of questions was about five pages long and I had to <laughs> edit it down because this is Let's get through all of them, five pages. Yeah, let's, let's do go. it. We can, we can do it. Everybody strap in. <laughs> I mean, I guess the very obvious first question is, Chief Metaverse Officer. You know, it's a title you don't hear that often, although I'm sure we're set to hear it, uh, you know, more recently as this as this industry progresses. So tell me, what does that job look like? What does your day-to-day look like? Sure. So thank, thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting space and it's an exciting new role. There, there, you, you start to, there, there's a small group of us right now, I would say, who are Chief Metaverse Officers at, at, at larger companies, uh, but we're, we're growing. We're, we're definitely growing. But the way I see it is that it's the, the role is to prepare the organizations and the clients to be metaverse ready. So we see the metaverse as the future state or the next evolution of the internet. And so this role helps the company and, and the clients we work with get ready to maximize those opportunities. Um, now, just even taking a step back and why, why CAA thought this role was necessary and went out and, and recruited for it. Uh, well, the, his, CAA historically has has always been the the, the first of the the talent agencies or the to, to see to see the opportunities. So it was the first to 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 have a venture arm, to have a philanthropy arm, to have a investment bank, to move into brand marketing, to move into sports, and so has the the leadership has has had a good eye on strategy and what's next, what's coming, and what's important. And so with with that, um, went out to to find somebody to. To, to be chief metaverse officer and and you know I'm very excited um, and honored to be to be in this space and working with we're with this the, the great team at at CAA um, and, and you know I think the think about it as we we know that there are shifts that technology brings and that technology ha- has brought shifts throughout history um, in into the the industry and that technology has been worked hand in hand with creators and innovators and storytellers to help tell stories in new and exciting ways. And so my, my most recent role prior to this was actually at HP and at HP, HP was founded by making technology for Walt Disney. So HP is credited with being the first company in Silicon Valley, um, which you know we know is, is the cradle of a lot of innovation. But the the actual company was founded by two founders in the garage creating technology for Fantasia uh, for Walt Disney himself. And so I think you, when I when I think about it from that lens and think about where we are today, you you can see a long history of of technology being used in service for 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 and by storytellers to help their creations come to life and the the magic of their imagination reach audiences and that's what i see that we're doing today and you know in continuing that journey and when we say metaverse in your title mm-hmm. i mean we'll get to the the definition of it i know that's a big question we'll come to that later but in terms of uh, the caa role mm-hmm. what does metaverse include what kind of technologies are we talking about well so the way that I look at metaverse in general is that it's the, the, the future state or next evolution of the internet. And so that, that, you know, that future iteration will continue to grow in terms of time spent and number of devices, you know, at each time we move 
from a from a, compu- a different computer paradigm from mainframe to desktop to mobile with each new market with each new cycle the market is going about 10x um and so it it covers it, it covers kind of where we're heading and what, what, the way that i would describe that is that the the the, the future of the internet will be more interactive, more immersive, more real time, more three D. Where we'll some of the, we'll, we'll connect to some some of the times in virtual worlds as avatars. Um, it it will be in, in a sense gamified. It doesn't mean that everything is a game. It doesn't mean that all of our experiences will be that. But the way that a lot of our computer time or in, in internet time move from desktop to mobile to mobile social cloud, which then led to new methodologies and new ways of doing things will have a, a sort of similar oppor- similar disruption and opportunity in in the in the metaverse as we move from this nascent state where we are today to the the growth of of the metaverse and web3 and i know when you were at hp that extended reality was something that you worked on there tell mm. me a little bit more about that how would you define extended reality sure so when i was specifically working on it at hp was around virtual reality um and in some cases augmented reality but it, it, specifically at hp we had v, we we created vr headsets and uh, even even backpacks that could be used connected to vr headsets so i worked with 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 studios and startups and location-based entertainment venues and even beyond entertainment into some other areas like healthcare and manufacturing and and um, architecture, engineering, construction, and retail, all of whom are using VR in different ways. Um, but in, on the entertainment side or the storytelling side, worked with a lot of different film filmmakers who went to all of the biggest the, the biggest film festivals around the world. Worked with the studios who are creating, in some cases, standalone VR content. In some cases, um, content cre- content pieces that were accompanying big big film releases, and and help them by bringing together the technology that would. That would bring their 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 stories to life. And so, when it comes to storytelling, and obviously, I don't want you to give away any secrets here because you know this is your job. But what is CAA advising clients? You know, where where are you pointing people towards when it comes to this kind of new frontier of not just the internet, but you know how we communicate? Yeah, it's a good it's a good question. Well, I would say that you know I'd break it down to to four primary you know four primary um, groups. So the first side is working with the the core tradition, the, the core clients, and helping them make their way into the space, and so they're getting different types of offers, um, and 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 helping them, you know, navigate navigate that. You know, what what makes sense, what doesn't make sense, what what what's a brand fit, what's not a brand fit, what's what's reputational risk, you know, what economics makes sense, what are what do the deals look like? And so the, the there's a team of agents that has been working, particularly in the Web3 space already for a year and a half or, or more advising clients in the space and, and helping them do really interesting and, and, and new deals. Um, and, I'll, and I'll give a couple of, a couple of examples um, but you know, after I, after I tell you the different, the different groups. And then the second, the second, the second bucket is, is around identifying the most, the most relevant groundbreaking artists in these new spaces, such as who's, who's doing really exciting stuff in digital art or digital assets or NFTs or creating highly rated games in Roblox or Fortnite, mm-hmm. or, ha- you know, the, the, having like the top skill set in that area, or, artists that are creating really, really exciting 
VR that is, is is helping to drive the industry and drive drive distribution drive drive revenue into the industry. So those are those are some different areas. And the you know, but I would say the we would call the metaverse endemic or Web three endemic artists. And then the 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 next bucket is around Connect Ventures, where we're investing together with NEA into into some companies in the space, typically platforms. And then the last bucket is around what is what is what is the future in, in entertainment. So, you know, and what and what does that mean for the, the agency of the future? And and so thinking about, okay, as we think to what are what what will these shifts in technology create in terms of new content creation, content distribution, the relationship between audiences and communities and content, and then the role of IP across all of that what are new lines of businesses that we and, and new areas of business that we should be we should be thinking about and and getting into something you mentioned earlier was that element of reputational risk and knowing kind of what is the best fit for a client and that's something i'm interested to talk about because i do a lot of work uh, in the games industry that's something i'm a big part of and mm-hmm. obviously there there's been a big divide between people who are very kind of pro, particularly Web3, NFTs, the metaverse, mm-hmm. and obviously the inherent possibilities within gaming. And then there's been a big backlash against that, a big swell against it, lots of studios committing not to work in that space. So I'm interested in the film and screen industries. What your experience of the kind of uptake of this technology, the the enthusiasm for it has been? Yeah, I would say that it very much it depends on on the the artist the and the 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 creator. So you know, I can give you a couple of examples. We work we work with Anthony Hopkins, and he just recently did a very successful NFT job. And you no, know, he worked on it for many many months. He worked together with a company called Orange Comet. Um, you may not in the outset think, oh, Anthony Hopkins, of course, that's the the, the person who's going to have, a, a, <laughs> a, you know, want to jump into NFTs and 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 um, have the level of success that he did. But he, you know, we know we know him as an Oscar winner. We know him as, as beloved actor for so many years. He's eighty four years old. He's he. What some people don't know is that he's also an artist, and so in his downtime, his one of his ways to relax is by creating art. Um, which which creates a, a nice connection to the NFT world, where a, a you know a lot of the digital assets are in the form of of art, right? And so he he started working with with Orange Comet, who I mentioned probably nine months or more ago. Started really digging in, understanding the space, look, looking at what was being done, um, connecting on social media in the, you know the various the. Uh, to other artists, asking people, people, you know, some of the leaders in the space for advice on which artists they he should follow and connect with and and collect, um, and you know, all the while, it getting more informed, getting more to, to be you know to become a a part of that community, and then he did his NFT drop. At this point, I would say it's probably about a month ago, um, and it was. So successful that it it caused OpenSea to crash first. <laughs> so then after, and then after it came back from the crash, it sold out in seven minutes. Um, and the actual NFTs were art of his, of him, and his iconic roles throughout his career. 
Um, and so, and, and there's, in addition to that, there's a, there's a, a philanthropy element of it for some of the money that he raised. And then there's also the ability for those who, who've, who've, uh, who've collected the art to engage with him in, in different ways. Um, and, you know, he, so there's a couple of lessons from that one, you know, he went deep. He really, he didn't just jump in and do a drop, you know, next day. He spent months and months working with a company in the space and, and, and then also with, with Orange Comics and also really understanding the space and seeing what he liked, what he didn't like, what worked, what didn't work. That's one. Two, he engaged in the space using Twitter spaces and, you know, and, and, and other, another, um, Point, points of com of communication with the community. So he he dug deep. He really learned, and then he he communicated in an authentic way. And then three, the fact that he is an artist gave a deep connection to what he was creating. And then four, you know, he continued to communicate with with the community and put out like thank you notice, you know, thank you videos, and just um, had a, had a lot of fun with it. Um, which which I think help the, the overall to be a, a big success. So that that's an example where, you know, maybe it's not a, maybe it's not the artist that you would most expect to be diving in. However, if you dig back a little bit, it does make a lot of sense. And, and it, and, and therefore it really worked well and, you know, worked even better than some artists that may have had actual larger followings, but didn't invest the time and energy and do so in such an authentic way and, and take, you know, take the advice of, of advisors that, that, uh, you know, on, about the right road to do it. That's one example. Another example is with Julie Pacino. Um, she's another CAA client. She's, she's, um, she's a, phot a photographer and one, one of the, you know, a more successful NFT photog photography collections. Um, and she used her photography NFTs to raise money for her next film. So she's now shooting, about to start shooting a horror film, but the, she did the fundraising for it through through her very successful nfts and she's you know she's been in in the you know she's been an artist of course for throughout her life um and she entered the web3 space about a year and a half ago um and, and it's it's been re really interesting to talk with her and she she talks a lot about you know bringing voices that aren't as well represented in in the space in terms of women and bipoc and lbgtq um and she's just she's just wonderful to work with and um, just love, love seeing her success in this space. I love those two examples because I think actually, if you're not hugely familiar with the space, it's exactly, as you said, that's not what you'd imagine. You definitely wouldn't imagine Anthony Hopkins. I think that's safe to say. I think most people that would not be <laughs> their image of NFTs. And then of course, the idea of, of using them to fund another project, using them in, in that way is so interesting. I think that's something I hadn't really yeah. come across before. Often, in particular, you know, NFTs have either a philanthropic element as, as Anthony Hopkins did, or they do have, you know, um, a, a purpose to, to continue within an organization that is created by the, the NFTs themselves, but to fund an entirely different project is so, it's so interesting. What do you think it is about about the metaverse, about Web3, about NFTs, about virtuality that so draws in storytellers? What is it that drew in you? Why, why are you so excited about this space? There's a couple of things that that I would, would, would want to talk about here. So I think, that, so, and, and, you know, there's different elements of it, right? So there's, so VR is, is 
is different than digital digital assets through through NFTs, which is di different than gaming today. But there, there's there's like there's a sort of sense of 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 convergence that that's that that we're that we're heading towards. I would say. Um, What's exciting to me specifically about VR is it gives this different when when done very well, it gives this different level of immersion into a story of embodiment where you, in many cases, actually become a character or, or you help drive the story forward. Um, you know, one of my friends, Christina Heller, says, you know, for in VR. If it's not two out of these three things, don't make it in VR. And the three things are social, interactive, or embodied. And so, uh, which which I think is a really really great framework. And I would probably say you could use similar frameworks for other 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 newer technologies as well in terms of deciding which storytelling mechanism are we going to use. Um, but but and so for the, for those same reasons that those are often the things that I like about the experiences that I like that they that they that they are interactive active there is some social element um and 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 the being embodied you you do have some role in this in the storytelling that helps bring it forward and so that's really exciting to me it's also really exciting to me that we're at this space where things are new the they're not as established you you know, somebody can come in come in see what's being done have really creative ideas and break through in a really interesting and different way um because because it's because it's all new, um, or you know, new-ish. We're, we're we're quite a, we're quite a few years in in terms of uh, having VR be have the headsets be accessible to for a, a mass market. But we're years and years in, in in terms of VR being being in existence in in research institutions and in in in, in military and in governments. But in terms of having to be accessible, we're now at this point probably five or seven, I have, to, I have to remember what year it is, um, and, you know, to, to, uh, five or seven years in. And so, but we're still rel still a relatively young industry um, with people still about, you know, learning, learning how the, the craft. Um, so that's what I would say on that side, um, you know, on the, on, on the, in, in some of the other areas, you know, in, in, in things like Roblox, things like Fortnite, the, the I would say some of, some of the excitement is, is around, the reach that that the, the, both the reach, the interactivity, and the fact that uh, in in some of these the, the the creator economy where you where we see we work with a company called Game Fam, which is which was like sort of a, a Roblox endemic company. So the the creators grew up with Roblox and you know, knew Roblox really well, understood it really well. And have and have grown that into a full-on company, creating experiences, including some of the most high-rated experiences. So they did the Sonic experience. They just did. We just work with them for the Chainsmokers concert experience for the concert plus the experience. That that experience had over a ninety percent rating, which is super super high, highest rated music brand experience. Um, Eighty four percent on on the uh, on the concert, which is also incredibly high, and and over twenty million people came and had had that experience. So if you and if you think about that from you know from the artist's point of view, you know it would take over a year of of arena tours to to be able to have that many people experience you know, connect with with that with the concert with that art and so 
that is really exciting as well. I think that they're that the, some of these technologies enable you to reach many, many more people than you might from other mechanisms um, and in and in a short period of time. So that's exciting. And, you know, we just did this year, we just had the first, the MTV just had the first best performance award at, at the VMAs. Um, and there were four of the artists were CA artists. There was Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Charlie XCX and, and 21 pilots, all of whom were nominated for their, for their experiences in Roblox and the wave and Fortnite, which is in, in, in that area. I think that we're we're just beginning to see what's possible and what's created. But I love the fact that that technology not just allows and enables and empowers storytellers to tell their stories in in different ways and in interesting ways and blending and blending um, you know, borrowing from filmmaking, borrowing from 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 game, borrowing from you know experiential theater, even uh, and and from live events but also allows audiences all you know so so many more people around the world to have that experience of going to those concerts and you know going away with digital merch and just you know having having you know feeling that the fun of that that first concert and experiencing it or experiencing it with others in places around the world where the, the bands might not tour If you're enjoying the show, just want to find out more about Future of Film, head on over to the home of Future of Film. That's futureoffilm.live. Here you can dive into all five seasons of the podcast and explore some of our other FOF resources like the Summit and Incubator. And if you're not already, why not sign up for our monthly newsletter? We've recently revamped it to include not just the latest from FOF, but new opportunities in the space and our pick of the latest articles on the future of screen storytelling. So that's all of the Future of Film resources and news available now at futureoffilm.live. It's so interesting because yeah, I think this is this is a topic I'm obsessed with. So I'm not going to do a huge rant, but I think one of the things that's really fascinating is you know recently I. I did a VR experience, which was um, the under presents by Tender, oh, yeah. Tender Claws. Yes, and, and so I, I don't know if you saw, they did um, a kind of a, a DLC for that, which was The Tempest. And it was a live mm -hmm. actor yeah. taking you through The Tempest. Yes, it yeah. was incredible. And mm -hmm. it was so funny because I was trying to describe it to people. And depending on who you kind of described it to, they were like, oh, so it's theatre. Oh, so it's a game. Oh, so it's like a film. Or is it, is it you know? And so I, yeah. I, I'm interested in how you see the future of the film industry and whether it's, you know, what, what do you see as being encompassed in that term of kind of either film or, or on-screen creativity? Because, you know, I think when you talk about that kind of Roblox generation, that Minecraft generation, mm -hmm. I don't think they have that delineation between games, television, films in the way right. that perhaps we did growing up. Right. I, I agree with that. I do agree with that, 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 um, yeah, some of some of the lines, some of it has gotten blurrier, right? I mean, if you go, if you go mm. back, it's very much like broadcast. It's different than cable. It's different than. I mean, I even think I remember in a job interview once, like an HR person told like told me that. I mean, this is neither here nor there, but they said something like, "Oh yeah, you, you like you can't like switch from cable to broadcast or broadcast to cable or something like that," which <laughs> I thought was such a. Even then, I thought that well, how, well, what an interesting you know, but yeah, 
it's so it's so it puts me in a box. And that's actually one of the things that's exciting to me. In addition to all the new voices that are able to create here, it's that bringing together of different languages and different modalities to create something new. That that's super exciting. You know, I've um, been lucky enough to be an executive producer on a number of different different content pieces that went to film festivals. Um, the first one was with Double, Double I Studios and Kira Bensig, which is called Finding Pandora X. And it was it was also live interactive theater. It was it was at Venice in 2020, a year where where you know Venice all occurred completely, completely remotely. Um, and because of the way that it was built and, and was like was built, it was had been thought of even prior to knowing that there was going to be a, a pandemic, of course, was um, that. The actors, you know, all around the world went into headset and then the and the audiences all around the world came into headset and interacted with the actors for, a, you know, a, for a, a live theater performance of Greek, Greek, Greek mythology. And it was just a really beautiful experience. It also it also pushed boundaries in terms of the actors had to learn how to troubleshoot the headsets in addition to acting in VR and had to learn how to move their bodies in a way that um, worked with what their what their avatars were doing and what they looked like and so it's a you know Kira as the director had a lighting a lighting person as a stage manager you know all of these different components coming together uh to create a really beautiful a piece that actually won best VR immersive at, at, at Venice that year so that that was a fantastic experience to be part of and I, I, there was a lot of lessons to be to take from that in terms of you have the blending of different modalities that, that, that as you were just saying, um, the next, the next one that I executive produced was with Lady Phoenix, um, and, and Sutu it called Brianna's Garden. And it was, it was, the, um, it was created together with Brianna Taylor's family. And it was all about honoring the life of Brianna Taylor. Um, and it first went to Tribeca as an augmented reality piece to make it more accessible to people. And then went on to go to our Basel and then to, um, to South by Southwest as a, as a virtual reality experience. And the, it was such a moving and impactful and important piece. And <clears throat> we had so many ama <clears throat> amazing partners along the way from MetaStage to Microsoft to, to uh, BRC um, and, and so many more. Uh, but, but what was the most impactful and the biggest lesson I would say from that one was that when we, when Janaya Palmer, who's Brianna Taylor's sister, went into the the garden, and the garden was created where, with all of Brianna's favorite things, to help people know know who Brianna was in her life, not just whatever people heard about her through through the tragedy of her death and and the stories that were told through that lens, um, and people had the opportunity also to to leave messages for Brianna and for her family or for people that they lost. What was the most compelling thing about that to me was that when Brianna's sister went in and she said that it made her feel like she was with her sister again. And so for me, that's the most impactful and that you could, that thing that you could do with the metaverse, the most impact, like, to me, it's the power and the responsibility of the metaverse and of using this technology. If it's helping bring two sisters, having one sister feel that she's together again with her sister, who should still be here with us, who is not. And so that project was just incredibly meaningful and sort of a North Star of what you can do with the technology for me. So I'm sure people watching will be thinking, 
okay, I'm convinced I want to dive in. If they are storytellers, <laughs> you know, if they work in film, these are, this is what you strive for, isn't it? You know, the kind of examples you've given there, that's what yeah. everybody wants <clears throat> in their work. It is that, that level of immersion. So where do you advise people starting? What are the first steps they should take if they're really not familiar with the metaverse, with Web3, with virtual reality, yeah. with AR, you know, where should they go next? What should they be reading? What should they be doing before they yeah. kind of jump into this world? Well, I would say the most important thing is to experience the medium, right? So probably people who are filmmakers grew up or, or uh, probably watching a ton of film and just learning the, <clears throat> the language of film, learning what they loved, what they didn't love, who, you know, what kind of art spoke to them the most, um, getting creative inspiration from lots of different directions. Um, you know, and so I would say the same thing here. You know, if you have access to a VR headset, go, in, go into VR, experience some great projects. And another creator I worked with on the, on the most recent project where we went to, we, that was taken to Venice was called Fight Back. And Celine Tricard is an amazing filmmaker. You can see some of her other projects on, if you, if, you, if you go into VR, you can see the key that she did. You can see Sun Lady. So, you know, try different things. Try, um, I love this, this exercise experience called Supernatural, which is, creative yes. <laughs> um, I love it <laughs> yeah you love it too yeah because you know when you think about it the, I talked earlier about the three the three the you know embodied social and interactive it hits all three of those out of the park and I think that's why that's one of the reasons it's so successful um so I would say you know experience experience the the projects in VR go on your phone download some some fun AR projects and 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 check those out i would say if you're excited about the world of web3 and digital assets and nfts start start going into discord and reddit and and maybe Twitter spaces, maybe, and, 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 um, <laughs> and um, learn and listen and see what projects are connecting with people and what projects you know, go, d dig in and find which ones are speak to you in terms of what their message is and what the art is. Um, you know, spend time in Roblox, whether, whether, whether you're by yourself with, with your family, uh, spend time in Fortnite, just learn what is out there today. Go to, go to, you know, as many immersive, theater and experiential experience, experiential content experiences as you can. Um, you know, they're, they're all connected. And of course, continue to see great films, right? Continue to watch great TV shows that, and, and you'll see art, but, it, but it's, it's continue to get, gain creative inspiration and understand what's happening in each of the fields. And then how does that connect to what you want to create? What is the message that you want to bring into the world? And then what medium best fits that message is what is what my advice would be. And what audiences are there as well? And who are your audiences that you that you want to reach to hear to hear the 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 message that you're bringing forth and the stories that you're bringing forth in, in with, with your imagination and creativity? It's interesting that you talk about audiences because I think that was something else I wanted mm -hmm. to mention actually, which was that if we kind of combine all of these things in the metaverse, and of course they are all their own elements, but let's say mm -hmm. this this concept of the metaverse that is the mainstream concept of it, lots of people really don't understand it. They really haven't gotten to grips with it. Should we, as storytellers, as creators, be worried about that when, you know, perhaps you found an element of the tech that you're very excited about, whether it's AR or VR, you know, and you, you want to include that. Is that something, particularly, say, with your clients, that you ever worry that you'll put off a specific audience? 
that you'll put off an audience by doing something? Yes, that given, you know, that for a lot of people, I think for for the, the very mainstream understanding of what the metaverse is, it does concern people or they're confused by it. They think, oh, I don't, you know, that's techie and futuristic and I don't really know what that is. So if you're encouraging, you know, creators and storytellers to move into that space, do you ever worry that perhaps it will limit the audience for their work or perhaps it won't reach, you know, a mainstream audience in the same way that perhaps a film a film would or a, a TV series or a game, you know, perhaps it might only reach people who are very tech literate, very aware of, yeah. of, of futuristic tech, that kind of thing. And look, that, it's, it's a good question. I, th- I would say look, 3 billion people identify as gamers. So like over 40% of the planet identifies as, as gamers. So that's, that's pretty broad. Um, you know, some, the, some of the platforms we're talking about have huge audiences. Roblox and Fortnite have huge audiences. Uh, VR has a much smaller audience today. The the Web three universe is, is is certainly smaller than than the than the universe of gamers today. However, they have super fans in those in in some of in super communities in some of those those areas. And so you know, it's it's a bit of question of who is going to most connect with the, the, sto- the story you're creating, the experience you're creating and, and, and what will best connect to them. So there, there are moments that having a really, really, really engaged community can be more valuable or, or equally valuable as, as having just a broad community. So, you know, it's certainly none of, none of this is one size fits all or prescriptive in any way. It's, 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 a, I would say for each individual creator, it's about, <clears throat> It's about you know learning and and connecting into what what makes sense. And I you know I said <clears throat> I said earlier what what makes sense for the story that they want to tell. What medium makes sense, and then finding and then what how to connect that story with that with that audience. So and I don't know if I answered your question exactly. I think I kind of turned it back around, but I think it's. It's it's very individual depending on on what they're building and, and why. What are the kind of considerations? You know, what should you obviously again, as you said, it, it is very specific to you as a creator, the kind of work you want to make, the audience you're looking for, but are there kind of general considerations that people can start looking at in their work and their projects that will help them figure that kind of information out, figure out where in the metaverse, where in web three, you know, might be a good fit for them? Well, and VR has said, you know, there's kind of that, there's that framework that I talked about, that, you know, there's these three things. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing, if, if your story has two of the elements, consider VR. If it's not, there might be another medium that makes more sense. Um, you know, with Web3, we see, I would say, with, with specifically with Web3, with the element of d- digital assets or NFTs, I've seen them be used for people to create new IPs. So there's there's some artists where that the, I, you know, similar to how, new IP has come from books and articles and you know, oral tradition, you know, through, and, and as, as well as a variety of other places throughout history, we now see some IP get created first as, as Web3 projects or, or get accelerated as Web3 project that then ends up translated into podcasts and books and uh, TV animated series. So, so for example, we work with a, one client named uh, called Jenkins of LA. It's a board ape yacht club experience. Jenkins of LA is 
the valet at the yacht club. These two, the, the two, two friends bought, bought Jenkins valet and then created a whole backstory for him. And because of the way the, the economic rights work, they are able to then monetize with board ape yacht club. They're then able to monetize the, uh, what they're doing there. They created a whole backstory. They hired a screenwriter who we work with at CAA, I'm a needle. And then they ended up getting a book deal, could get working with Neil Strauss on the book deal, got a, got a, like an audio series or, or podcast, um, and now creating a whole virtual world. So they were able to take that IP and create, you know, really, really create lore and world building around it. Um, and there's another artist we work with. It hasn't been announced yet, but they just sold their, their IP started and their Instagram, then they sold about $65 million in NFTs, which is pretty phenomenal. And now they, you know, in terms of showing they have really depth and, and uh, engagement in their community. And now they just got a, a TV series animated deal with that, with that project. So, so one, one area is using digital art and, and NFTs to create new, new IP and then bring that across various for various um, other mediums. The other, another is using it to engage or with communities and audiences or market to audiences. So you see <clears throat> most of the big studios creating some form of extension for a lot of, for, for a lot of their launches with using digital assets and NFTs to do that. Um, and that's across you know, most of the big studios at this point have have done that for, for a number of different films and, and certainly all experimented with it at the very least and all have metaverse, you know, some of them have chief metaverse officers, others have metaverse task forces or, or many people across the companies focus in this area. The third area is that I mentioned earlier is around is around fundraising. I used the example of Julie Pacino fundraising for her for her film I, for um, her new horror film I, uh, um, and so that that's um, and those are three just three areas where you see people using using web3 today and expect to see a lot of a lot of more, iterations and use cases in the future as well. And so I'm going to finish up on the big question, which is, of course, what does the future of the metaverse, of Web3, of VR and AR, these technologies in, in the screen industries look like to you? What are you excited to see? Yeah, um, I'm excited. Really, I'm excited about the opportunity for people who are inspired by the shifts and the opportunities that these technologies are bringing to the industry and it, it enable them to reach more audiences than ever before with some of the technologies to tell stories in different ways in some cases maybe even using some forms of ai to enable like as a new creative storytelling tool um that helps them tell stories that's that's an area that's that's super interesting to me that we didn't we didn't actually get to um and so, you know, broadens their their audience, allows them to tell stories in new ways, in ways that they might not be able to do previously, that it brings new voices to the forefront um, and and that and, and creates the ability to, you know, to continue to add to our to our storytelling toolkit and that un helps unleash unleash the imagination and creativity of of all of us around the world you know through through that creator economy where um where we can be both a content consumer as well as a creator in a, in a, um in a, and and helps make that 
an, an a, a, you know, e, provides either easier access for the, for those creative tools for more of us. Okay. I know I said last question, but now you've intrigued me. Tell me more about AI and storytelling. I am very interested. Give me what you got. So, you know, we, we see that there's lots, you know, there's lots of areas that where AI can be a creative tool working hand in hand with artists. Um, you know, if you look at synthetic media, if you, there's there's lots of places that we see AI playing an important role. Um, but if you look at synthetic media, it, it can be used to uh, you know uh, for age adjustment, for, <clears throat> for international dubbing, for reshoots, for creating makeup and fantastical characters in a in a more efficient and co- you know co- cost effective way. Um, we see that you know, it's, it's really important to be talent friendly and ethics led in that area that, you know, that's of utmost concern to us um, and utmost priority to us, really better way to say it. Um, But we, we see that there, there's a lot of, a lot, a lot of growth happening in that area and that it's, will be an increasingly important tool in any creator, in any, in in a creator's tool belt in terms of um, bringing their stories to life. Okay, great. I really, I was so intrigued because I always think of, I, I was interested that you talked about the kind of ethics of it because I, it is an area, isn't it, that people are so worried about. I do a lot of voice acting in games. I know it's been a conversation there, you know, AI voices and whether yeah. you should ever offer to lend your voice to an AI project because then your voice will be stolen. So that's interesting to hear that there is actually that kind of ethical framework being built yeah. around the tech as it as it progresses because I know it's something people are concerned about. But then as you said, it's, it's an incredibly useful and, and creative tool, which I think people might not think of it as they think of it as you know not really being creative but actually I, I've been astonished by some of the things I've seen in, in kind of yeah. games and the screen industry I think it's important to work with with companies in that space that are that are creator friendly talent friendly ethics led and helping to bring the industry you know into a place where name image and likeness is <clears throat> is respected and that um but that but that these tools can be used you know in collaboration with VFX and sometimes you know sometimes you know, in collaboration with and 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 help bring the stories to life. Fantastic. Well, what a place to finish. Thank you so, so much. I feel like we got through <laughs> several pages of questions, maybe not all five, but a good, a good three <laughs> out of five. So, <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us here at the Future of Film Summit. I, it's been incredibly interesting. I'm sure we will have, you know, people immediately looking up everything we've been talking about because I think there's so much there if you are a storyteller and you're excited about about future tech much as it is actually current tech even though we think about absolutely. it as, yeah as, it's as, absolutely you know everything that we're talking about is happening today mm. um in pockets you know it's, I think that they say that about the future is is here it's just not evenly distributed yet right so but but that's that's for me the most important promise of it is how do we how do we ensure that we have representative voices that we're creating technology and stories that 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 inspire all of us that that the media is is that, that this is to me why I wanted to, to work in in media and 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 technology as well is that I believe that media inspires us it helps us uh, you know understand our, who we are in the world it helps us dream really big dreams and that it's and 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 you know have a have a sense of ourselves and so creating this you know bringing together technology and storytelling in such a way that that enables voices from all around the world that are representative of, of the whole planet and, and helping to helping to drive these industries forward is 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 incredibly important to me. Oh, 
what an inspiring way to go out. Well, take that message with you. I feel like if you take one thing away, that is such a wonderful way to think about it. Joanna Popper, thank you so, so much. And thank you everybody watching for tuning in to the Future of Film Summit. Thank you so much. It was lovely to talk to you today.